Welcome to Office Hours with the College Success Professor. My name is Phoenix, and I know what it takes for students to be successful in college. I also know that getting in college is great, but graduating is hard, but worth it. Over the years, I've met a lot of young adults in college who are pursuing their dreams and goals. However, the young woman who I am talking to today in this interview is one of the most impressive young people I've met in quite some time. Since meeting her this past summer, I've used her as an example and an inspiration for students that I work with. I will let her talk more about all that she's done and accomplished and some of her current projects and at her advice for getting finding your purpose as a young person. So without any further ado, allow me to introduce Ms. Zania Lewis, a senior political science major who attends George Washington University in Washington, D.C. Welcome, Zania. Thank you for having me. Um, so we were talking a bit, um, and I had uh, asked you how, how everything is going. You were mentioning that you were uh, a little bit ill because we had to reschedule, mm -hmm. um, and it was possibly due to stress, and I could understand how that is. Um, you're going into, well, you're ending your senior year in college, and now mm -hmm. is GW going to go back face-to-face, um, -face no. or what's going on? No, so they emailed us um, two days ago um, on Monday and said that we won't be going back and that we have to stay home for the rest of the semester, and they will be closing, our, closing the university, and so, like, no more programming or anything can happen on the campus, and so soon we'll have to go back and go pack up our stuff, and then and we won't have graduation us as well. Oh my so, goodness. yeah, so this was a, not what I thought the end of the semester would be like in the end of my senior year. Yeah. Um, this has been a rough year for me. Um, so, um, but it's for everyone's health, which I understand completely. Yeah. So I agree with the decision. Yeah, they made this a similar decision, I think yesterday um, at my school. And mm -hmm. um, a lot of the students who work in our offices um, are seniors and they're expressing, you know, mainly disappointment and not being able to graduate with their friends but you know mm -hmm. they didn't get a chance to say goodbye to know everyone mm -hmm. it's just going to be like a really you know a sad ending to like the four years of work that you put in mm -hmm. yeah so. i yeah that's yeah that's one thing i'm really sad about also i like have a program in dc which mm -hmm. was our live programming called the climbs our story where i was providing college and career readiness skills to high school students in dc and so now we have to do that program remote, which we're, you know, we already have um, talents in because we started the Yes You Can campaign as a digital campaign. But it's sad to not be able to see the students and say bye to them like I wanted to, you know. So And yeah. we had to cancel most of our programming, um, live programming. So all the fun stuff that we were supposed to be doing all has to be canceled. So um, hopefully we'll be able to let the students do that next year. Um, but I won't be there. So that's a little bit sad, which I'm sad about. But yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. so what is going to happen next year? Well, actually, let's, let's yeah. start from the beginning because I'm sure people are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> so um, <laughs> could you talk about how, what the organization mm -hmm. is, how it got started, and yeah. your um, your inspiration from our friend um, and mentor, Miss Michelle Obama? Yes, of course. So I started the Yes, You Can campaign um, my freshman year of college in December of 2016. And the Yes, You Can campaign was inspired by my personal story and also my friends' um, personal stories. And so I had a lot of success and hardships throughout my life. Um, but in high school, I actually won two national contests, writing contests, where I had the opportunity to, um, the first contest was to go to South Africa with the MBA. The contest was called More Than a Game, and they asked students across the nation to write an essay about how they're using basketball to make a difference in their community. 
And so I was selected one of three students in America to travel with the MBA and the MBPA on an incredible community, community service trip to South Africa. And that was the first time that the MBA ever had a game on the continent of Africa. And I also was able to you know, um, volunteer at basketball clinics and I was able to see the different community service efforts that the MBA CARES does and the MBPA Foundation um, participates in. And it was a great experience. That was my first time out of the country. And it was just one of like the best experiences I've ever had. And so when I came back to America, I always wanted to, you know, do something more. And so I didn't have the money for to start a nonprofit, but I still, you know, continue to do community service. So I volunteered at my local Ronald McDonald house. I was on a teen advisory council for that. I um, also volunteer with military children. So I was a co-founder of this pa um, panel called the New Jersey National Guard Team Panel. And I also did like other local community service projects in my community. So um, my friends were really inspired. So we created this um, community service club in our high school called the Kindness Project, where we um, organized community service projects for students because our school never had anything like that. Hmm. And so um, throughout that whole experience, I just continued to gain my purpose and passion for community service. And I saw a calling on Twitter that said they were looking for two girls um, who are overcoming adversity to get in co to college to write an essay and may, and if you win, you may be able to be on a cover of Seventeen Magazine with Michelle Obama. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is a great contest. Why not apply? You know, you never know. So I applied for it. And then a couple months later, I received a call and an email saying that I was a finalist of the, of the contest and that I'll be, um, meeting um, former First Lady Michelle Obama, First Lady Michelle Obama at the time at the White mm -hmm. House and doing a cover shoot and um, also interviewing her about, you know, what college is like. And so my essay, when I wrote about was um, about how I overcame adversity as a African-American girl in a predominantly white high school. Um, and it was a private school and how I used community service to inspire the people around me. And um, I think that really resonated with Mrs. Obama because that's something that she's really passionate about. Mm -hmm. um, and so it was a great experience. Um, I was at Secrets, so I couldn't tell anyone. And so <laughs> they did everything from makeup to hair to how to pose on a photo shoot. Of course, me, I didn't know how to really take pictures like that. And they're like, oh, you, you're a pro. Um, and I also was able to interview her and talk about you know, her life. And I think one thing that really resonated with me is how she told us how she you know, we always will have to reinvent ourselves. Mm -hmm. And um, at that time, at first, I didn't really understand what she was talking about. But then when I went back home and I started to think, and then I started to go through my um, college journey, I started to understand what she meant. You know, um, once you start to get older, you know, some things, your passions may change, you know, and you just have to find, you will find different passions. And so learning how to continue to keep growing, it's important and not to stay stagnant. Um, I think that was a really important lesson that she taught me. And also to continue to give back to your community. That's something that she said she will continue to do and I will continue to do my whole life. And so after the cover came out, I knew I had to do more than just, you know, be a college student. You know, I had to do something more. And so mm -hmm. I was going through a lot of adversity my first year of um, college. I went to, a again, another predominantly white institution um, where I was like the only um, african-american girl in most of my classes and, and it was hard to navigate um just navigating college alone in a new city was different you know and so i decided 
why not ask my friends, like, what are they going through? And come to find out they all were going through similar things. And so that's when I started the Yes You Can campaign. And we started to share stories of girls and young women who were overcoming adversity to complete their education. And when listening to those stories, I found out that many students, you know, didn't have the opportunity to take on internships, especially unpaid internships because of um, having to have responsibilities at home, but also not being able to pay their bills. And, um, and also the travel was also a financial hardship. And so that was one thing I also learned. And then I learned that a lot of students weren't prepared for college. And yes, they might've been prepared academically, you know, taking those AP courses, um, but not prepared when it comes to having a good resume or how to um, advocate for yourself in college or how to, um, wh what about time management, you know, or budgeting. They weren't prepared in those, you know, aspects of um, co college preparedness and career readiness um, skills. And so once I started to learn about all these stories about these girls and, you know, they were similar stories just like me, I say, you know, why not create programming based off of these stories of these girls? And so all our programs that are at the Yes You Can campaign are focused and inspired by the girls of the stories that we get, you know, year round, um, whether it's students being first generation or being a military kid or not having a, the parent support at home all the programs are based off of that. And I think that's really important. Um, starting a nonprofit organization, I didn't go in saying, this is what I wanna do. I actually was like, what does my community need and how can mm -hmm. I help with the resources and tools that I have mm -hmm. um, to be able to help my community? And that's why the Yes You Can campaign is all about, you know, the climb is our story because it's not my story, it's our story. And how can we overcome these obstacles together? And I'm always looking on how can I help girls and young women and young people. Um, the crazy thing is we started as focusing on girls and young women, but as we've gone along for these past three years, we have interest from all types of people, you know? Um, and so we don't just focus on our, we don't just have our programming just for girls and young women. Our programming is actually open to all young people who want to, you know, just better themselves and climb higher. Um, and so we have men that's a part of our program and people who are not, you know, classify themselves as a girl, a young woman, or, you know, a man, they're all a part of our program because they love that we're inspiring people to, you know, to climb higher, to dream bigger. And we don't, we don't discriminate, you know, our programming is open to everyone. And so um, that's really something unique about our organization. I never thought that, you know, more people of the, our focus would want to come into our organization, but because we're so welcoming, they mm -hmm. are, you know, coming to our organization and with open arms and we make sure to tailor our, you know, our programming to them too, um, if they come to our programming and stuff. So our organization has grown so much in the past three years. We've um, volunteered over 15,000 hours. So we've been able to have students volunteer in different aspects of our organization. We created a remote internship program in 2017 um, where students can receive credit for internship, um, whether it's college credit, volunteer credit, um, because I started to learn that a lot of students didn't have those opportunities to really get that um, experience on the resume and learn professional skills. Mm -hmm. Um, we also have our program called the Climb Tour, which is a career immersion program, and we um, had the first 
first um, program in January and our next one is hopefully in June. Um, but it's basically where students get to visit innovative companies in the select cities and learn about, you know, the, the company's culture and learn about the employer's climb and how they got there and see how the, you know, company looks by touring it and networking with the different employers. And also um, in that program, the students um, go through a six month um, program with us. So it's a day of, you know, the trip, but then a six month program where they learn professional development skills and they also volunteer with our organization so that they can receive community service credit and apply to awards that they would like to apply to or even find their passion in something, you know. I'm just getting that experience is really important. Um, because we didn't want this program to just be a day. We wanted to make sure that we were with them for at least six months to um, help them grow as like a leader and student. And then we also have our program called The Climb is Our Story, which is a college and career readiness program in Washington, D.C. It's a year-long program where we facilitate workshops four times a week with students on college and career readiness skills. And mm -hmm. so that um, program is actually sponsored by the Taco Bell Foundation, the Nat Fellowship, which is a um, fellowship at my university, um, the GW Nashman Center of Civil Engagement, and also the Multicultural Center at GW. So they all sponsor this program and thankfully we'll be having it again next year because of all the situations that happened this year and we have money left over so we can still have it next year which we're really excited about and then we also have our um scholar program which is something that we're piloting um this year but we used to have an ambassador program and we learned a lot from you know our successes and mistakes and we saw that a lot of students really really need to focus on you know preparing for college and in their careers and so we have a scholars program remote scholars program for students across the country who cannot you know come to our program in dc um, but we basically teach them college career readiness skills and we have workshops with them and meet with them um, and that's on remote and so we do like online courses through google meets and stuff um, and so that program is going really well and then we have online courses where and that program is a year-long program the scholar program and then we have online courses which we have in the summer and last year we had two six-week courses one on college prep and then one on scholarship which is remote so that students from across the country can participate in the courses because we we can't like you know reach them we know um from live programming and so we still want to help students um if they can't you know be in our central area um, and so, and then we have one more program, which is called the On the Road Tour, where we actually travel to universities, schools, organizations, churches, to teach students about different topics that they might um, want to learn more about. And so usually we work with the organization to create the workshop, or if they like just like one of our workshops, then we go ahead and, um, you know, facilitate those workshops. And then usually we have a panel discussion with real girls, real girls who've overcome adversity, talk about their experiences and girls and the students can come and talk to the girls about their personal experiences and have connections, connect with them on Instagram and everything. So it's pretty cool programming that I love. Um, and so we have a lot of different programming for our organization. When I first started, we had a lot, like a lot, and it was getting overwhelming. So I learned that I need to like, you know, bring it down a notch and just really focus on key areas. And um, now we're really succeeding. And I really, I think this is the core of what we're gonna continue to work on. 
I think it's still a lot, even yeah, though okay. it may be scaled down, because you are running this nonprofit with yeah. all of these programs, and you're still a full-time student. Yeah, so exactly. I, I, I am. That's why I mentioned in the introduction. It's mm-hmm. you're just very impressive. Um, so let's get back to your um, college experience. Going mm-hmm. back to, um, I guess we could use this time. Uh, to reflect on your four years. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did, um, I think you posted it on LinkedIn, the um, most recent story on GW Today um, yes. about the Yes, You Can campaign. And it mentioned that um, one of the reasons why you started the organization was because of your um, experience with applying to college. So can you talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that? Yeah, so um, the, gr- the great thing about, you know, my story was I had the um, privilege to go to a private school, um, which was in my, um, in my, t- in my town. Um, and it was a great school, but I think the college preparatory part of the school, which they actually changed, I found out that it's not a college prep- um, school anymore after my grad, after my class graduated. But during that time, it was a college prep school. And I think it lacked college prep. Um, and so for me, it was really hard. I did not understand. No one ever, never taught me like how to personally brand myself when it came to colleges. Because I'm a really humble person, I didn't tell these colleges like what I've done, you know, when I was applying mm-hmm. for these colleges. I left a lot of core key parts of my life out of the college admissions process when I was applying for the first time. And now I'm looking back, I'm like, why did I even, what was I thinking, you know? <laughs> but no one, you know, no one taught me. I didn't have someone say, hey, sit down and, you know, you have a powerful story. Let's put, bring this out. You know, I actually learned way too late. I learned later in my senior year after the cover of the Seventeen magazine that I kind of messed up when I was applying to college because I didn't personally bear myself well. Mm-hmm. So I think that was the one key aspect that, um, I, I didn't know, I didn't know. And that really um, affected me when it came to um, getting into these schools. And so I got into a lot of great schools, like a lot of HBCUs and a lot of like small schools, but my dream colleges, I did not get into. I was denied to all my dream colleges that I wanted to go to. They were mostly in um, Washington, DC. And so when I found out I was getting denied by all these colleges, I was like so upset because I'm like, oh my goodness, like I want to go to DC, I want to set up political science and I'm not getting to these schools. And so um, I found out that I was waitlisted to Catholic University, which is the first school I went to. um, And they waitlisted me and I was really surprised. And so once the cover came out, they actually said they made a mistake and they called me back and they were like, oh my God, we're so sorry. You're accepted. I know. I was like laughing, but I was like not, like, I was like, are you serious? Yeah. Um, but the funny thing is my dad said to me, you know, don't commit to a school yet. Someone's going to see this cover and actually like say, oh my goodness, you know? Mm-hmm. And so don't make a, you know, commit to school. But of course my mom and I did not listen. So May 1st of my senior year, I went and committed to another school. It's called Marymount University, which I uh-huh. love Marymount. Um, they were is really that, supportive. Is that in Virginia? Yes, in Virginia. Okay. And so I went and committed to that school and everything. And then that same day when I came back from school, that's when I got a call from Catholic University saying that they made a mistake. And my, my <laughs> mom and my dad was like, I told you guys not to spend all my money to commit to the school, you know. But we so by sure. commit you so by commit you mean you made your deposit for this? Yeah, school? I made it yeah, okay. I made a deposit to the school and um then I found out about Catholic and they, you know, said that they wanted to accept me and they wanted mm-hmm. to have a meeting with me. I was going to actually play basketball at the school, like try oh. for the basketball team. Yes. So I had a meeting with like the basketball coach and all this other stuff. So it was really exciting. So I went ahead and 
committed to um, Catholic University. I emailed Marymount and told them I apologized. Um, mm-hmm. I couldn't get my money back, but yeah, it was still yeah. like Marymount was really good. Um, they understood and they were also really supportive. Actually, when I did get this, um, when I did go on the cover of, got on the cover on this magazine, um, they actually gave me more scholarship money, which was good. actually great. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I decided to go to Catholic because I really liked DC. I was so obsessed with DC. And yeah. so um, I would chose Catholic University. And unfortunately, I did not, you know, want to play basketball anymore it wasn't my passion as mm-hmm. much um yeah. because I played it my whole entire life you would not just, have had any time with yeah, all that you're doing to exactly, do basketball exactly. and, and everything else so exactly good and decision like, yeah and outside is like not my passion anymore and I wanted to pursue community service so much more and I was I knew that community service was my purpose um and so my parents were okay with that they were like you know we understand a little bit upset but they were like we understand and mm-hmm. you know that's how the yes you can campaign came about you know um and so um, just preparing for college, I always, that's why we have personal branding, um, a part of Yes You Can campaign, because it's important to show colleges, like, how do you stand out from the crowd? You know, what can you bring to the table? And that's something I did not show. But when I did decide to transfer um, from Catholic University to another university, I did, you know, make sure I personally brand myself mm-hmm. way better. And I've got into all three of the universities that denied me the first time. Good. So that just shows you, you know, that, you know, yeah, no can be for a moment or, but mm-hmm. don't let that, don't let that deter you or hurt you from, um, deter you from like wanting to accomplish your goals and your dreams. And so right. that's so really you, important. You yeah. transferred after your freshman Fresh, year or? After my freshman year, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And that was the transfer to GW. Yes, to GW. Mm-hmm. And you you started Catholic as a political science major, Catholic yes. University. Yes, okay. I started as a political science major. And you're still a political science major now. Yes. Of or course. did you have a minor or? Um. So no, I was going to minor in um peace studies. I think at Catholic, but we couldn't select that minor until sophomore year. Okay. So okay. um, but now I minor in human services and social justice. So they still kind of connect. yeah exactly (laughs) so why did you um aside from being um interested in community service why did you decide to choose political science as your major yes because um throughout my life growing up in the military as a military kid politics is going to be a part of your life forever because um the government you know determines like when your parents or family members have to go get deployed and they determine, you know, about all the benefits and everything like that. And so politics was just a part of my life always. Um, legislation always affected my in life. So I wanted, to, and I also knew that in order to make effective change, a sustainable change, not only do you, you know, do the developing the programs and, uh, you know, creating resources and stuff, but you also have to make sure that you understand the legislation part and the law part, because that's also important. That's the reason why a lot of these, you know, injustices are, are happening because of, you know, politics and legislation and people not being represented the right way and also poli- politicians not representing their constituents in the way in ways that they need to be represented. So I knew that political science and I wanted to make sure I knew that, you know, legislation was the affected a lot of things. And so I wanted to get into politics because I have a personal experience and a lot of, um, from a lot of obstacles, whether it's being a military kid and seeing how like my mom was unemployed for part of my life and seeing how my brother has a disability and I also have a disability and seeing how like the schools, some schools don't, you know, help students with disabilities as much and figuring out ways, you know, you can create, you know, change, but in legislation. And so I know in 10th grade, I had a great 
opportunity to intern with my local assemblyman, which he's now a local senator of my state now. And um, I had the opportunity to um, intern with him my 10th grade year. And he actually like asked me, he was like, what are you like really passionate about? And I told him I was passionate about military kids. And so he was like, okay, like let's figure out some ways that we can help them. And he was like, I want I want to create legislation, you know, and a bill to help military kids, but I don't know like really like what they need. So I like, you know, asked, did surveys with some military kids to see what they needed. And also my prior experience of helping military kids and being in that, in that world, um, I learned, I knew that a lot of military kids weren't receiving the resources that they deserved because um, the programs such as the youth programs couldn't even get a hold of them and then didn't even have their information. So um, now, since when during that internship, I helped um, develop a bill which was already developed, but it wasn't developed fully to add the National Guard. And so I saw that the National Guard wasn't in this bill, and the bill actually um, basically made the Department of Edu the Department of Education made public schools have like a tracker, military tracker, where they you know track the military kids to make sure that they're receiving the resources and tools that they need to succeed. And so that means that wow. we have to like give them um, resources that the Department of Defense has or Veterans Affairs or any of the military programming have. They have to give them those resources. They cannot, you know, not just give it to them. Um, but the bill was actually passed that next year. So they added New Jersey National Guard to the um, bill. And so, um, and then, you know, my my assemblyman at the time, he um, also edited the bill a little bit more um, with some of my suggestions. And then the bill was passed the next year. And so now um, all military kids in New Jersey will most likely receive the, and should be receiving the resources that they deserve because the school, public schools are required to um, provide them with those resources and tools. And yeah, so that was my first really real experience in um, government. And then mm -hmm. um, now it was like a full circle because um, after experiencing scholarship displacement, which um, happened with me um, in the beginning of my senior year this year, um, but basically I won a scholarship from the Taco Bell Foundation and my school eliminated most of my need-based aid, including my need-based scholarship. And they said that, you know, private scholarships offset offsets the financial um, need not the family contribution and mm -hmm. so it was actually winning scholarships and my and my um, experience was actually um, harming me instead of actually helping me mm -hmm. and that's because different universities have um, outside different outside private scholarships or private scholarship policies that um, they they basically take scholarships in different ways and use it in different ways and it can either help you or harm you. And so um, now since I went through that experience, I was like, I'm not going to let this, you know, I'm not going to let this hurt me or like be sad about it, but instead fight this. And so um, my organization launched a national campaign to ban scholarship displacement um, nationwide. Um, and we learned that Maryland was the, is the only state that banned scholarship displacement in their state at public universities. And so we're like, oh, well, we want this to be banned on a federal level. But we mm -hmm. know, of course, that's going to be hard <laughs> yeah. to do because um, we went, we've been lobbying, we had rallies and, you know, people goes in one ear out the other. So we decided to, you know, change our, our strategy up, continue to fight on a federal level, but also start hitting states that we know and have, um, have people, have our members in. So, mm -hmm. um, I actually, so full circle, I actually contacted now Senator, his name is Senator Troy Singleton, but at the time when I interned with him, he was Assemblyman Troy Singleton. 
So mm-hmm. I contacted his office and I told them what happened to me and everything. And I said, we really need to create a bill to ban this in New Jersey. And then they were on it so quickly to the point that they introduced a bill to um, outlaw scholarship displacement in New Jersey in January, at the end of January. And so now um, the Congress that, you know, and um, the State House in Trenton is trying to figure out if they want to ban this in New Jersey. And so now we're going to be putting pressure on politicians in New Jersey to get this bill passed so that students in New Jersey won't have to like be penalized for winning outside scholarships. And so advocacy and, polit- and politics in order to really affect change, you know, yes, we, yes, you can campaign is all about, you know, providing resources and tools for young people so that they can, you know, complete their education. But also we know that there's many obstacles in our way. And if we tell students to apply to scholarships and now that they get penalized for winning scholarships, then we got to do something else. You know, we have to fight, we have to fight on a uh, federal level. We have to fight with, um, political science and legislation and understanding politics is really important for in order to actually make change and to or in order to make sure that every student has their opportunities and resources to achieve their goals and dreams and that means get an education and also be able to get a higher education and so that's why political science is so full circle because it, it's uh-huh. involved in you know service and nonprofit work and everything right like that. yeah <laughs> And it's so um, important, like even now they're talking about um, suspending loan payments Mm -hmm. um, due to the coronavirus and Mm -hmm. even before the coronavirus, there were, um, there was so much talk about the student debt. You know, you're always told, look for scholarships, look for scholarships, but I have never, until I met you and um, heard the work that you have done. Well, I knew about it because I work at a university and Mm -hmm. um, I believe not to put my university out there, um, <laughs> that some of the students, sometimes when I worked with students, you know, talking about their financial aid package, mm-hmm. um, that if they did get an outside scholarship, unless it was like written directly to the student, if it was exactly. sent to the university, then, mm-hmm. you know, they do adjust the um, aid accordingly. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that um, that information is out there. There's all this, you know, go get fine scholarships, fine scholarships. Mm-hmm. But you mentioned, I think before when we talked, that there's a list of colleges that do not um, do that on your website and yeah, not so, participate. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're going to be uploading the list. Um, I'm checking it because everybody, all the members of our organization have been adding and adding it, but I don't want to put no false information out there. Exactly. <laughs> so exactly. I've been trying to like go research it myself to make sure it, all the answers are correct, like if they really do practice it or everything. So it should be up by the end of this month um, since I have a lot of time on my hands now since I'm only working <laughs> working on yes you can't get paint at home and schoolwork at home so i'll pretty right. much have a lot of time and we don't have, can't socialize you have to stay in the house now yeah so uh it'll be it'll be up by the end of the month i'm pretty sure so to make sure that everything is correct um but we'll have a list of schools that don't practice it and schools that do and some of them might change because a lot of right. um people are now contacted them so we have a lot of nonprofits and foundations have been contacting us saying that they love the work that we do and that they've been actually like making their own list too and they've been contacting the schools so you just never know some of these schools might be changing their policies sooner or later especially since yeah and they should especially since this um virus has been happening and everything they're mm-hmm. going to have to change it up a little bit yeah now. i think a lot yeah. of things are going to change uh, yes, so exactly. as a person who works in higher ed it's exciting yet a little bit scary mm-hmm. um that you know all of this is happening like mm-hmm. we're working from home and you know higher ed has a lot of uh, you know selective and highly selective universities mm-hmm. have um a perception of online education as being one way or not as effective or not as mm-hmm. um, useful. 
Um, mm -hmm. So it's interesting that, you know, this transition has happened and all of a sudden it, it you know, it needs to happen. Mm -hmm. Have you um, taken any online classes? I know you do them through your organization, but have you ever taken any online classes at GW? Um, no, I haven't. This is going to be my first time. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the case for a lot of teachers and a lot of students. So this yeah. would be a very interesting um, yeah, uh, pursuit. Like I, I do. I facilitate online courses, yeah. but I never took one like, you know, Yeah, myself. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so are you all set up? You're going to start classes again next week? Yeah, so um, my, yeah, my courses will start next week, um, and also my program for um, the not, for my, yes, you can't get pain. It's actually starting, already started this week um, for the programming, so everything is going to go back to normal, you know, next week, so I'm excited for that. And then, yeah, <laughs> and my school also made a policy now, we can, like, select if we want to do pass or fail classes, I mean, yeah, okay. pass or fail classes, good. yes. I don't good. know, for me, I'm, like, if because I'm, like, I want to have a higher GPA when I graduate, so I got to figure out which, you know, I what I want to do. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Online wanna, like, is a completely different, you know, beast. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and I don't know how uh, good, for lack of a better word, the teachers that you have yeah, exactly. are at yeah. teaching online, because there are a lot of people who have never taught online who now have to oh, do it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What classes are you taking? Yeah. Um, I'm taking a political, a political research class, um, and I'm taking a human, cap human services and, and social justice capstone. I'm also taking American presidency class, and I'm taking another class, but I can't think of it right now okay yeah i don't know why i can't think of it i'm taking i know i'm taking four classes i just can't think of the other class <laughs> it's okay if you're yeah. on spring break and it's a lot on your mind so <laughs> come right, up i just want to yeah, ask two more questions and then i'll let you go and start getting ready for whatever else you have to do this week you're a busy woman um so the other question that i wanted to um ask was going back to our favorite person michelle obama um, one of her pieces of advice was that, you know, you need support or you need a network of support um, in order to get through college. So how have you, um, well, who has been on your support team or support network? How have you used support services at the university? What has been mm -hmm. supportive for you to get through your four years? Yes, of course. So I'm all about getting support, uh, <laughs> advocate for that. Um, so first, I've, my parents are, have been really a great support system and my sister um, because my sister graduated college last year. And so I learned a lot from her successes and mistakes. And then my parents, my mom graduated from college and you know, also received her master's degree. And so she taught, has always talked about education and always helped. She knows like the journey of college. And so like she doesn't really you know, be on us too much about like college and our grades as much. She knows that we're gonna, you know, do well, but it's not something that she's like, oh my gosh, if you mess up one test, oh, you're on punishment. No, like she's not like that because she understands how college is, you know, is a hard um, experience, you know, mm -hmm. a difficult experience. Um, and my dad is all about motivation. So he gives us all the motivation possible to <laughs> succeed. Mm -hmm. um, and then I also, in school, I've used tutoring services. Um, I use a lot of tutoring services at Catholic University my first year of college um, mm -hmm. because they had a great tutoring service um, program, which that's I'm just amazed by it um and so what made I it great I sorry to yeah. interrupt you I work yeah. in a tutoring uh, office so I want mm -hmm. to know what are the, what made it so great it's interesting that a student is like you know a you yeah. don't go there anymore and b you're like advocating and saying how great it was so what made it so yes. great what were the secrets <laughs> yeah um I think because the tutoring you had to go to the tutor every week 
which is really important. And the tutors were so nice and knowledgeable on the topics, which of course, you know, they're going to hire students that are that, but they were really invested in helping you and like making sure that you got a great grade in that class. And so I know for all the classes that I took for tutoring at Catholic, I received above like a B plus. So it was like really impressive. And they, and like, I still keep in contact with like one of my tutors to this day, which is really, you know, incredible, you know, and they talked about their life experiences and then they taught me how to study better and how to, you know, look at the material and understand the material. And they really like broke it down for me. And I think that was like incredible. And it helped me so much my first year. And then at, at um, George Washington University, they have a lot of, um, and in Catholic, you had tutoring for almost all courses. While at GW, you don't have tutoring for as many courses, not really like political science or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you will have to find like either an online tutor or something like that. And I was just some, and then the hours was really different. Um, I think they only tutored between nine to five while at Catholic, you were, they tutored from all the way up to, I think, eight to 9 p.m. Mm-hmm. Um, so it depended on, it really depended on your schedule. Right. Um, and so I couldn't really take advantage of the tutoring services at GW because of just the time frame. Um, me having to work, I work, did yeah. a work study for three years, and also I still work, you know, now. So it was like really hard to do that. But I did take advantage of disability services, and so mm-hmm. both schools had, you know, I also advocate that Catholic has probably one of the best disability student services programs mm-hmm. at in like in the country Mm -hmm. um just because um how supportive and they're they make let you take your courses um pick your course select your courses early they Mm -hmm. um you can select housing early as well and they also um, meet with you one-on-one i think it was like on a weekly basis um at catholic and it was like mandatory so it wasn't like you could run from it (laughs) (laughs) um and they just was like make sure everything was really comfortable so I say Catholic wasn't all too bad. You know, they had great um, grace um, programs when it came to support. Um, but at GW, um, their disability services, I've always said that they need to improve. Um, but I did meet with a, um, a employee, like a mentor that's at the disability services. He doesn't attend, he doesn't work there anymore. But when I did transfer to GW, I did meet with him on a weekly basis. And he helped me academically, like with my essays, um, how to study for classes, um, time management skills, and because I, it was backwards, so I was always um, doing my work and focused on work and everything, and so they had to help me transition to how to actually have a better social life and how to have self-care and everything, mm-hmm. so the disability services actually had to do backwards. They say usually people come in and they're not doing their work, Work, but you're doing your work and <laughs> you need to have you know free time and have fun and relax and yeah stuff. exactly they, um yeah so they helped me schedule my time through there and also um test taking strategies because something that you know i've had to overcome is i'm not a good test taker and mm-hmm. that's always been something that has um just been an obstacle for me since at the very beginning of my life honestly um and so i do get extra time on tests but i really um, advocate that students who feel like they have test anxiety or have some sort of disability to actually, you know, get tested and, you know, get the help that you need because in order for you to excel academically and personally and professionally, you need those accommodations. And some people don't want to go out and, you know, and talk about it, but I love talking about it. You know, Um, I have a brother who has a disability too. And so I tell him like, you know, while he was applying to college this year, I said, you know, put that out there, you know, you know, um, contact the disability services, research it, make sure that they have great programming because it's important to make sure that you go to the university that has a good disability student services program, because um, that will help make sure that you can succeed in college. 
Um, and so I really use Disability Student Services because they have a lot of um, tutoring inside their programming um, too. So they have a lot of like life skills, workshops that you could take advantage of. Um, and you know, anything that you really need is inside the Disability Student Services. So I use that a lot at GW and Kaplan. Excellent. Mm -hmm. um, so the last question is also a um, two part question, I guess. Um, so I think I mentioned that I use you like the slide that's showing now if mm -hmm. people are like watching and, and, and listening. I'm going to post this on Facebook too is um, one of the slides that I have in a presentation where I'm talking. I do a presentation for um, high school students on finding your purpose mm -hmm. um, in college. Um, and you're, you're my example of a student who has found their purpose. Um, it's, it's also some information based on some research by one of the, um, I forget, he works at Stanford University, William Damon. He wrote a book called Path to Purpose, and he mm -hmm. categorizes students in uh, four different categories. And only 20% of young people, he says, have found their purpose. And you yeah. are one of them. Um, so how, how, so young, because it's only 20% of the population who are at your age who have found their purpose. How did you go about finding your purpose? What did your parents do? Mm -hmm. how, what experiences did you have in your life that allowed you to find your purpose? And what is next for you after graduation? Yes. So um, I think for me, I have a privilege to have great parents and a support system. And I know that a lot of students may not have that. Um, and my parents always instilled in my siblings, siblings and I that volunteering is your duty in life. And being in a military family, you know, we understood sacrifice and we had a lot of people give back to us. And so my parents were always like, you know, you need to pay it for it. You can't be taking, you know, free things and then not, you know, <laughs> yeah. and not paying it for it. And so um, I First, you know, when I was younger, I really didn't understand what they meant, but I then throughout the experiences of, you know, doing community service with my family and, you know, volunteering and learning about all these, you know, issues that I was passionate about. I think something about me was I was always a learner and I was always innovative. I know my dad, he gave me like a laptop when I was like in fourth grade um, because he saw that I was really, I was innovative about creating videos and, you know, making websites. I was just so like interested in all that kind of stuff. Um, and so I think my parents really fueled my purpose and passions um, by just making sure that they gave me those tools. And so then I ran with it. Um, and also experiences like my mom always exposed to me with different programs. So I did a lot of programming with like military kids. So I actually participated in programming when I was young. And then, you know, when I was older, I helped develop the programming, which was really cool. Um, and then I know that, you know, I remember my mom, she signed me up for this program called um, Target Program my Rutgers and she told me to apply for it it was like an engineering um program and I'm like I'm not doing engineering like <laughs> it was like technology science and engineering that was what it was but I for some reason I just thought it was an engineering program <laughs> um and I was like I'm not doing this and she's like just try it you just would never know like what you might learn you know from this program so I went it was a great program actually it's really competitive to get into which I didn't know and I also got mm -hmm. a scholarship for it which I didn't even know about that until later on um, and it just taught you a lot about science, technology, engineering, and also like the arts and math. And so it was great, but you know, it wasn't my, I didn't think I was going to, I didn't want to do engineering as a major, but it was great that I tried it out, you know? Yeah. Um, but now, you know, those programs that, that my mom, you know, you know, told me to apply to, I'm actually making students and telling students to apply to now, you know, that's 
helping them with the applications for different programs like Target or something like that. So I think it's really important to keep an open mind and that and to try new things. So you might not like something like I didn't like engineering, but I tried it, you know, and I learned mm-hmm. something from it. And I'm still using technology, though, you know, for my whole nonprofit. So it's like one full circle. Um, so I think just, you know, going out and you're still young. So trying different things, you're always going to find new talents. Um, I know for me, I didn't even like fashion, but now I love fashion. Now I create <laughs> products to raise money um, organization Mm -hmm. with fashion so you know you always find something new about yourself um and i think just keep you know to have an open mind and keep you know learning and keep practicing your you know talent and also if you have an interest for something use that to make your purpose purpose project you know everyone says passion projects but now i'm changing i changed it and said purpose project you know um because i think it's important to you know develop that and go for it and you don't have to be old to do that I know a lot of people come to me and they're like oh when I'm older I'm gonna create a business to like help girls education or something they say and I'm always like wait why can't you do it now <laughs> like it's okay you can do it now like you don't gotta wait you also don't exactly. know you also you know nowadays you don't know when you're gonna like when your last day on earth is going to be so mm-hmm. why not make that make the best of it every day you know and so um i think it's important to teach young people that they can also you don't have to be stuck to one thing you know i'm not stuck to one thing you can you know have multiple interests and you can put those interests together you don't have to stick to one thing um i think because when we grew up everyone's like what do you want to be when you grow up but you don't got to be one thing you know you can right. be multiple things and i think that's really important to emphasize for young people so i'd say if you don't know your purpose yet you can come to the yes you can campaign or they could take your course and your workshop um to really <laughs> find you know find your purpose um and i'm always here to help people find their purpose i think that's that's what our organization's all about helping young people find their purpose in life and su- supporting them along the way Excellent. So what's next for you? Yeah, so I'm not, I haven't made my decision what I'm going to do um, for next year, but I, I did get into a lot of um, graduate programs and I'm waiting for my to see if I got into law school. So okay. once I figure that out, I'll let you know. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm still waiting. Um, I'll, I'm excited to see what's yeah. next on the LinkedIn feeds. I know yeah. it'll be something amazing. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. So I really want to continue school, but I've also been applying to jobs, you know, to keep, you know, you have to keep an open mind when you're you you know, finishing under grad because you just never know um and you know especially for me going through that whole financial um issue i'm not trying to take out any more loans right now so uh so i'm gonna make sure that you know i make the smart decision and so that's what i'm doing this week is like really figuring out what i you know some what i want to do and applying to jobs and everything so using this spring break as a time to you know continue to um brand myself and to continue to learn to continue to update resumes and covers and everything so Excellent. Your story <laughs> is, is very intriguing and I know it'll just keep, continue to be a successful one. Thank um, you so, so much. before you leave, could you um, spell out for the, I think when we met, I um, didn't get it right the first time when you said, yes, she can campaign. So oh, could you okay. spell it out for those of um, people who are listening so they can find the site? Yeah. So the site is www.yesshecan. C A M P A I N, I mean I G N. So it's yes she can campaign dot org. So really that's all you have to write. Um, but um, make sure it's dot org because I know people have been getting our website wrong with some other organ some other business in like mm-hmm. England that it's like I don't know <laughs> it kind of got the same name as us but we had it first so. <laughs> 
but it's not like how we write it so yeah right. so um just make sure you have the right you know we have a pink and we have the climb is our story like it's on here um, we changed our website up, up. We updated it recently, so okay. it's a little bit different. Okay. But yeah, so um, you can visit us on um, yesyoucancampaign.org, or you can um, follow us on Instagram at yesyoucancampaign and Facebook, and then our Twitter is yscampaign. Um, so yeah, that's what we have, and we have a TikTok, but we don't really use it as much. But it's <laughs> Yes You Can Campaign because um, a lot of young people are on there, so yeah. we're trying to figure out how can we use TikTok to get them to understand about college prep and career right. readiness. So right. we're figuring out innovative ways, and we'll be also having like digital live events soon. Um, we're having a scholarship displacement Twitter chat next week on Twitter um, to discuss about like what scholarship displacement is and ways mm -hmm. um, foundations and politicians can. Um, prevent this from happening to other students. So I think this will be really cool because we're having some nonprofits work with us with this one. Um, and then we'll have some digital live events coming up soon. And we also have a new series on our Instagram called Everyday We Climb series where we are spotlighting. We used to um, have girls write their stories on our Instagram and we'll share it. But now since we know that a lot of people like videos on Instagram now, mm -hmm. um, we decided to do like video documentaries of girls and their stories. So it's really cool. So you should um, go out and check that out. And if you can't attend a, a college tour because of the virus we also have digital college tours that we started and we started in 2017 where we have all these different of students who took over our instagram to showcase their college so we've always been innovative to and this is a great time to go back and look at the things that we've done um on our instagram and that gives a lot of people um some tools and resources okay well right. thank you again for your time i'm going